Hey y'all, it's Bailey McBride from Major League Fishing's Lions In podcast. In this episode, I sat down with MLF pro Bobby Lane at the General Tire World Championship to discuss how excited he was to be at the event, being number one in the two-year point standings for MLF, and what it was like to fish with his brother Chris at an MLF Cup event this year. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, I am here at the World Championship with uh, MLF pro Bobby Lane. Bobby, thanks for being here and having some time to talk with us. I am thrilled to be here, uh, to be at the World Championship. I mean, just the name itself stands out, and to to qualify for something like this, it's it's uh, it's an amazing feat, and I'm looking very forward to my week. Well, it wasn't hard for you to qualify because you're number one in <laughs> in the point standings, and um, as, as most listeners probably know by this point, uh, we took the top twelve over the two years worth of point standings, and you're number one right now going into the what will be the 2018 fishing season uh, for the 2018 shows fished in 2017. Um, is that a lot of pressure, or is that something that you can be a little bit more relaxed? You can just go and just say, "Hey, I'm just going to go and give it my all, and I'll probably still not be eliminated." You know, that's a, that's a great question. I haven't been asked that question too many times before, but, um, I usually just go no matter what, when I'm out there. I mean, I don't, I don't look back and think, oh, I need this many points to do this, or I need to finish in that position. No matter what position I'm in or where I'm at in any event, I always just, uh, I go for it and I, and I just try to make the best decision I can when I'm on the water. I mean, that's the most important thing to me is, making good decisions and know that I didn't leave anything out there. I mean, if I give it 100% and I, and I struggled today, well, then maybe the next day we can try to make something better, even if it isn't uh, winning or doing very well. It's, it's enough to, to say, you know what, I left this body of water with something that I gained and learned and I can put in my, uh, my bag of tricks and use for next time. And speaking of that, you know, at the first ever MLF event six years ago at Amistad, you were there, didn't have the best finish, also a Texas fishery, a little bit different here in East Texas where we are now, Nacogdoches, um, but are there lessons that you took from, you know, fishing Texas then or even some of the outstanding fisheries that are around here now, you know, Rayburn, Toledo Bend, um, what you know of East Texas, um, kind of, obviously you don't know where you're going to fish tomorrow or um, later in the week, but... How do you take that knowledge of what you have of Texas fishing and, and even how it compares to Florida fishing and put that to work and getting ready for this week? Well, you did men- mention Texas and Florida. And uh, the way I kind of like to approach Texas is they always send our Florida bass up here mm-hmm. to uh, our Florida strain bass up here to grow big. Mm-hmm. So all I'm doing is leaving my home state to come catch the fish that they took from me to begin with. So mm-hmm. I hope that happens this week. Um, I don't know anything about East Texas. Um, I have fished Toledo Bend before, but I've never seen Sam Rayburn. I don't even know where it's at or if there's any other lakes right here in, in Nacogdoches, right? Nacogdoches, Nacogdoches, yeah. right. I get that right. I've never been here in my life. I have no idea what my surroundings are, but um, I do know it's a great time of the year to be here. We're here at the middle of March, and uh, it should be, as I saw on the way up here, I saw some buds blooming on the trees and some new oak trees with leaves and of course some pollen which means spring is here the fish um, normally like to get up and and spawn and get around stuff that i like to fish Um, of course there should be quite a few pre-spawn fish still got caught when you deal with lakes this time of the year they're so big and the spawn can last all the way into march and april or may and june almost sometimes Um, so you always have fish coming and going in certain areas and if you can find one of those it's it's uh it's lights out, but um, 
you know, uh, that's probably for me coming coming from Florida. It, they do fish similar, although these lakes have a lot more rock and they're a lot more deeper. Um, but if there's grass or something in the water, then I'm going to feel right at home, and I hope the fish are uh, ready to bite what I approach them with. That's for sure. I mean, that's that's what I want. And if if not, I want to learn and and regroup and get them the next day. Well, it's as you mentioned, you know, they could be pre-spawn, post-spawn, in the middle of spawn. We don't really know what they're going to be doing. It's uh, it's a full moon this week, and also it's been raining this whole weekend. So how do you think those kind of dynamic conditions are going to affect the water and, uh, you know, whatever lake you end up on? Well, the beautiful thing about the World Championship, number one, is it's only 12 of us. Number two is, is no information accessible to any of us. Even, like you said, we don't even know where we're going. Um, what we can do though is look and we know, have to know what the weather is to properly dress of course and uh, we're dealing with mid 70s this week and the lows looking like in the 60s so the water temperature should be stable that's going to be key in the morning is to see where the water temps at I, you know if it's in the high 60s or into the 70s then the fish should be doing one thing and that's thinking about spawning especially on the front uh, on the on a full moon if it was the the week after a moon or the week before a moon, I would say you could probably catch some big pre-spawn, but I, I like my chances on a full moon better than I do the week after a moon because it's like those fish kind of trickle in and they leave fast. It's it's a weird, it, the spawning is very weird. A full moon is exactly what you want on a, in a East Texas lake in mid-March. I mean, you couldn't ask for better conditions. Um, and the reason if it was a week after or two weeks after a full moon, the, the fish aren't really supposed to be, they, they work in a cycle, they do spawn on a full moon, but they like to slip in and spawn after the moon and then they leave quickly. On a full moon, they move in, they, they know they're supposed to be there, the water temp's right, and they'll hang around for a while. So if you find some, you can catch quite a few of them. Um, so the conditions are setting up perfect. I cannot wait to see what the weather's gonna do and uh, rain in conditions, that should really just make the fish a little bit more active. Uh, sometimes you get slick bluebird conditions. It results in flipping and sight fishing, which is something I like to do also. But I would think with wind and rain and uh, temperatures being in the mid-50s, you ought to be able to catch them about any way you want. Well, it's going to be interesting, especially because, as you said, you know, we really have no idea what the weather's going to be like tomorrow. We don't know exactly <laughs> what's going on in the lake. Uh, so really, not only do you have the no information rule, which you all obviously obey, but then on top of that, you really like can't know until you get into the lake to know what's going on. So exciting stuff all around. Um, one question I have, you know, obviously there are a lot of big fish in Texas. Like you said, they, the Florida fish come up here to, to grow bigger, uh, you know, come through their, maybe it's their college years or their, you know, whatever yeah, you want to call right, it. Right, right, right. Uh, they're, they're four years away. Um, Hope at least college, right? <laughs> yeah. So there's lots of big fish. You know, some of the time with some of our events, we can kind of nickel and dime to the top. You know, it's a, a lot of one, one and a half pound fish, and it's a numbers game in our cup events, especially because you're fishing in the fall. You know, it's maybe not the best time of year to be fishing some of the places that we do, but you guys are, you know, phenomenal and you're still able to catch them. But sometimes it's just because someone's able to catch 42 one pound fish. Whereas down here, you know, obviously lots of big fish in Texas in general. Um, so someone could potentially catch a large fish that would take them from six to first in, you know, in one go. How does that, um, 
kind of different dynamic change the way that you approach the game mentally or, uh, you know, how score tracker updates are going to affect you, especially knowing that not only is there going to be tomorrow a day of fishing, but then, you know, another day of fishing after that where you could, you know, end up in sixth tomorrow and go up to first on in the first period of your second day of fishing. Yeah, uh, that, that was a lot for sure. Um, but the world... Uh, you know, this is the top 12, and the format's different. Um, and you're right. We are used to catching a lot of one- to two-pound fish to make the to advance into the next round. And uh, I'm not even 100% sure how this format is set up yet. I think it's a weight. You take your weight from the first day, and then you, you go to the – which my day would be tomorrow, and then I'll take a day off and then fish the next day, and I'll carry my weight, and somebody's going to advance out of that. I'm not sure how it all works yet. But, um, you know – you just don't want to get too far behind. I mean, this these lakes or wherever we're going to be, we are in Texas. It'd be the same if we were in Florida, and I think we will see that happen. Somebody go from six to first, um, or six to second, or third, or whatever it takes to advance. I'm not sure, um, but my goal is to go out there and get comfortable with the body of water that I'm on. And usually, when you find a couple of quality fish, let's not say the one pounder or the one and a half. Then somewhere, if you can catch some twos or threes or even a four-pounder, it might be a timing issue where you're, where you're off maybe an hour or two where you can come back to that spot and maybe catch a six to ten-pounder. What I'm hoping is that it doesn't go over eight-five because I hold the big bass record for Major League Fishing, um, <laughs> and I know it is in serious jeopardy this week, I, I could imagine, um, being, being here. And if we were anywhere else in the southeast, I would say that the – that that record will be in jeopardy and who knows it might already be done after today I'm not sure but um I would I'm, I can't wait for the opportunity to get out there um I'm going to approach it more as a as a, a fish for quality fish and not not make it a uh, worm burner show is what I call it uh where you're catching line burners and 12 inches and 13 inches I think that that's not the way to fish this style of format for sure and this is the world championship I mean to become champion I promise you that's not going to be the way to win. So I want to fish the way that Bobby Lane likes to fish, and that's Power Fishing 101. That's awesome. Um, so with that, I want to change gears a little bit and ask you about last year whenever you were fishing with your brother. Um, those shows are on uh, Outdoor Channel right now. Obviously, it was great for him in his first event uh, to be able to qualify up into the Cups, and then uh, really exciting to see you guys get to fish together on the same lake on the same day. Um, how is that dynamic different when you're in you know, an elite event versus being in your MLF um, qualifying ground together? Uh, you know, Are you able to talk on the water and see how each other are doing. I loved seeing your reactions all the time, just checking on your brother, seeing what he was doing, one asking where he was in the standings. And I mean, you guys obviously have a lot of love for each other. So what, what was that like? And how does that compare to when you guys normally fish together? Yeah, you're right. I mean, we fished a couple of different trails. I mean, uh, the elite series is one trail, of course, major league fishing. We're both fishing now and we fish some opens and whatnot, but, um, you know, when you in the Elite Series, uh, it's a completely different setup. I mean, you're trying to catch your five best fish and bring those in. When you're fishing the, the Major League Fishing, you're still trying to catch your five best fish, but you're trying to figure out also how to catch absolutely as many fish as possible in the time you're given because you only have that one day. You don't get to go. If you finish in fifth, you don't get another chance the next day to go back out there and try to get yourself into fourth place. I mean, once your day's over, you're done. And if you miss it by an ounce or 
one pound, it's irrelevant. You missed it, and you, and you have to take that and going, golly, I was so close. Um, but to have him out there was awesome. To watch him win on, uh, is it Table Rock that he won? Uh, Lake of the Ozarks. Lake of the Ozarks. To watch him win on Lake of the, uh, the Ozarks, to watch the excitement that came from him in that win. Of course, I wasn't in that event, but um, it was so neat to watch him get excited about fishing and to watch the excitement that Major League Fishing brought out in in Chris Lane. And it, it's not like it's a, a practice day, but it's one of those days where you can go out there and when you're on them, you can showcase the fishery. And Chris Lane was on the fish and in that body on the Lake of the Ozarks, and he caught them and caught them and caught them on that whopper plopper. And um, that was such a neat, neat deal. And it's uh, it was the same for us in Minnesota. Um, I was pulling for him 100%. I had already gotten myself, it was, I guess it might have been late in the final round when I knew that fourth place was way out of whack from even catching to first place. I didn't care if Jason Christie won the round, and I didn't care if my brother won the round. All I cared about was if me and Chris could finish first, second, third, or fourth, and either either one of those positions, it didn't matter at that time. Um, although the win wasn't bad, I got bon- you get bonus point for that or something, so I'll take every one of those, but um, it was neat to get to share that, and then now we can carry that in our, converse- our day-to-day conversations. I mean, we talk fishing all the time, but it w- it's so neat to say, hey, I saw you on TV. Hey, we saw both of you on TV, or, uh, you know, what I'm excited about, the opportunity is me, my father, and my brother, and my other brother, Arnie, all sit down um, and watch that episode in Grand Rapids, Minnesota, because I have heard nothing but amazing things about it, and, and I'm dying to sit down with me and him together and relive that moment. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and it really was to watch. And and one thing that you just kind of brought up um, that I noticed in speaking both with you and with Chris is that you are both such family men. Your families are so important to you. You know, when I sat down with Chris for the first time back when we were uh, in Alpena, Michigan, and he was just saying like, oh, I don't do, this is my job. And my family is the most <laughs> important thing. I don't, I don't have a smartphone. I don't do the social media thing. Like I just focus on my family first and then this is my job. And I think that's one thing that, you know, you do as well. You focus a lot on your family. You're both you know, very caring people in that way. How do you kind of balance those two things of, of being so dedicated and, and such a close family, but also, you know, you're a professional angler and there are so many commitments and extra things and sponsors and a million things a minute that have to go into to being the best that you can be at what you do. Well, I, I told somebody this the other day that I, I considered being a professional bass fisherman a job. Um, but I've always, I, when I do any seminars or I ever talk to any youth or younger kids, and uh, I, I talk to lots and lots of them, is, you know, fishing got me to where I'm at today. I was never real good at social media, although there's a lot of people that are very good at social media and good at fishing. I wanted my fish to do the talking when, when uh, you know, I came up through the ranks, and I signed up to be a professional bass fisherman because I love to fish. It wasn't because I was great at social media. Although now in the last five years, my social media, I realize how important it is and how it has uh, affected everything that we do. Um, You have to be good at social media, but you also have to be good at fishing. And I think the neat thing for me and my brother both was that we have the, we have a, a knack or an instinct to be fishermen. We can catch fish. Um, and we've learned that over the years without having to worry about social media. Now, 
we throw just fishing in, we still can do exactly what we want. Now we get to showcase how cool the fishery is or showcase um, ourselves or what, whatever we have to do, our sponsors for sure and stuff like that. And then, of course, you tie your family into all that, which be, your family be, goes up above all of that, that they, uh, it's, it's kind of tough, but then again, it's very rewardable. I mean, we're on the road a lot, um, but it's fortunate I'm homeschooling my kids this year, so uh, they can have more time traveling. I mean, with, with them in school, it's very difficult for them to get out of school and be on the road. I mean, that's just a bad parent thing to do. So um, we're trying to homeschool in now, and, it, and so far it's going okay. Um, but now, uh, you know, it's nice to have them there. It's nice to have their support, and without the help, and the phone calls that you get from them, I mean, what good is life? I don't think people understand when you have your first child or your second child or your third child, there's a love that is built inside of you that you, if, if you don't have a child, you don't understand what I'm talking about because there's a love that comes out of you that it's, it's absolutely overwhelming the excitement you get when that, when that kid goes through its growth spurts and watch it get bigger and bigger or not it, but you watch them get yeah. bigger and bigger. Like I have a 12, a 9, and a 7-year-old. And my daughter and my son were getting their face painted in Bass Pro Shops yesterday um, when we're, I was doing my seminars. And I'm like, how cool is this? And, of course, my older daughter thought it was stupid. And I'm like, I just you guys stay as young as you can forever because I want to cherish these moments for the rest of my life. And it's little things like that that keep me motivated. And, of course, my basket that was at the front, that my wife had sent because um, it was my birthday today. I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a whole it's a group making a full circle is what we are. And when we all are in the the same circle together, and my fishing is as good as it's going to get, I'd say pro I'm hoping for the next five or ten years. Um, you know, it's a uh, it's a joy to go out there and do your job. That's awesome, and you know. Your kids obviously follow what you do and support you so much in everything. And, you know, even if it is using what's going on in, in the world to get dogs or other things oh, like that. Oh, yeah, you had to bring up my dog, Junebug, didn't you? Yeah, well, you know, we're, we're both mini schnauzer parents. And, you know, <laughs> we talk about parenting here. So have to have to bring those into the conversation. But, um, you know, with this world championship, I know we need to probably wrap up here because you need to get out and have some time with your tackle and everything before our angler meeting this evening, but um, there's going to be lots of kids watching the show. There's going to be lots of weekend warrior anglers. There's going to be lots of people who have never seen professional bass fishing or professional fishing at all um, and know nothing about it. So what do you think this means for the sport, for us to have this major league fishing event on CBS six weeks in a row? Um, what does it mean to you as an angler? And then what do you think it means for the future of bass fishing as a sport? Well, I think it started at a vision six years ago when we were at our very first event out here in Lake Amistad, Texas. It was a vision that was uh, just something to strive for. And here we are six years from today sitting at the World Championship um, in East Texas right now. Um, I think it was uh, some very powerful-minded men behind this that had a dream in uh, – it was a dream of mine to become a professional bass fisherman, and I would think it was a dream of theirs to, to get this on CBS Network. And I think that's um, – both those dreams have come true for sure. My dream – my goal was to be the best that I can. Well, to be the best you can, you have to put yourself in positions to win or put yourself in a position to qualify for the, for the major events. And 
um, I have qualified for this world championship. So I feel like I've done my job and I totally feel like Major League Fishing is doing their job. And now that it's going on CBS, um, and you did mention children and people that don't like to fish, I think the youth is the importance of our sport. Um, without them, we have nothing. I mean, they're the ones, we, we're mentors to them, and I want to be the best example that I can be on and off the water, although I'm not sometimes. Um, but, you know, every day you, you get a little older and you learn a little more. But uh, I, I hope that people that don't watch fishing or um, maybe just don't get involved in the outdoors in general will see uh, how neat that uh, Major League Fishing really is, how cool we are as anglers. And although we make it look simple on the water, the tips and techniques that you will learn during this show will uh, hopefully send you out to your local Bass Pro Shops and buy a rod and a reel and a tackle box and a few lures. I mean, that's that's what we're after, of course. You know, and then down the road, you buy your boat and your motor and all that, and you, and you go out there and enjoy it. But to me, my grandfather, he's passed away now, but he taught me it, it's not always a, the importance about catching that five-pound bass. And I said, no, it, yes, it is. To me, I want that five-pound bass. And he says, no, what I want you boys to understand, and he was a uh, – you, you can't say he was a Marine because once a Marine, always a Marine, but he always taught me to enjoy the outdoors. If it was the eagle flying, if it was the alligator or the turtle, the snake or the trees in the background um, that probably are not going to be there 10 years from now, to enjoy and take grasp of what's in front of you because you're, you, you're only good at one day at a time. I mean, we wake up and we, we can only move forward one day at a time and, um, you know, we, we breathe the, the best air in the world because we're out there in the water every day. And that was, uh, it's good, fun, clean living. And I think um, that the, the, viewer, the viewers that are going to watch the show, um, the people that don't fish are going to take hold of this thing, just like they already have from six years ago. Our fan base, our, our social media, our TV uh, ratings are completely off the charts. I think now it is time to present them with the best show, the best fishing show out there. And the world championship this week is definitely going to be the most amazing uh, fireworks they've seen in a long time. Well, we certainly hope so. And, uh, you know, really hope that there's going to be some great catches and, and a lot of new fans. Like you said, a lot of people that are going to go out, you know, maybe it's because they remember it fondly from their childhood or it's because they're inspired to just want to get outdoors and, you know, maybe the conservation message that we have with MLF, you know, resounds with them. But whatever it is, hopefully people will want to take their kids fishing. They'll want to get out and fish themselves. And we can just continue to build the very bright future of this sport. Yes, and you have to you have to remember that we are – Major League Fishing did start this. This is a 100% catch and release um, event. It's not a tournament. This is a uh, – this is a the World Cup. But all our events are – Catch and release 100%. The minute we catch those fish, we put them right back in the water. So, um, you know, practice catch and release is amazing. And I think that's definitely one of the reasons we're seeing such our rating so good is because we're, we're not putting any of those fish under any pressure at all. We're getting them back in the water. Let them reproduce for the younger group to come up and catch them one day. I mean, and, and showcase a fishery so people can go to that place, look at Major League Fishing. We're giving them the tips they need. They can go pick up those items, go to that lake at the same time of the year, and more than likely they're going to have that kind of success. 
Well, we hope so for them. And we also hope that you guys have an outstanding week this week. So thank you so much for your time talking to me today. And good luck out there this week. You have a 1 in 12 chance of being the world (laughs) champion. You are the 2016 Challenge Cup champion. So best of luck to you, Bobby. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time also.